0: Welcome to Change My Status. Guys, we're going to be talking about deliverance. Now, the word deliverance to me is very, very broad. You know, and sometimes, you know, we like to just say it's one thing. And a lot of us believe that deliverance is totally about never feeling something again. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not the only definition of deliverance. Yes, it's a part of it. You know, I can remember, you know, when I was trying to come back, oh, my goodness, it was a struggle. You know, and I had people that were praying for me, you know, and I was like, God, you know, I really want to come back. But the thing that I realized was this, that I spent so much time sowing my flesh. And what I mean by that, I spent so much time developing other patterns that were not unlike, that were unlike the Lord until... It just seemed like it was overwhelming. Well, you know what? I've got some good news. I want to encourage you and let you know that deliverance is possible. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care how well you did it. I don't care how much you say that you will never be able to do anything different. The thing that I want to encourage you, first of all, is we have to change what we're confessing. You can't keep saying that you'll never come out of it. You can't keep saying that you'll never do anything else but that. No, 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 no. You've got to change your confession because your words are powerful. So you've got to be able to start saying, I am going to come out of this. I am going to do better. My mind is going to be changed because that's the first place we have to start. It's in our mind. The Bible tells us that we have to bring those things down that come against our mind because if we don't, we'll go into a level of captivity. And temptation starts in the mind. And so after it starts in the mind, then it begins to develop and manifest through our flesh. So it's in the mind and in our thoughts that so we have to bring those things down that are exalting themselves against God. Now, I will say the first, one of the most important things to do is accepting Christ as our Savior. Now, I had accepted Christ as my Savior years ago, but when I walked away from the Lord, through the deliverance process, one of the things um, I can remember, my dear friend, um, she asked me one time, Girl, when are you coming back to the Lord? And I said, Honey, I don't know when I'm coming back, because right now, I'm cussing like two sailors. Yep, I just could not get it under control. So you know what? She prayed for me she did and within three days guys it was gone i've been talking about a miracle i couldn't believe it myself but i actually lost the uh the rhythm of cursing i mean just you know every three or four words you know even the desire to want to do it so that was a case where i could say that was a miracle now since that time let me tell you, and be honest, there are some times when I get really, really upset, and those words come to my mind, but what I do is I bring them down. You know, the Bible says that we can resist The devil and he'll flee. But it's one thing we have to do before that. We have to get in God's presence. And by getting in his presence, that gives us the strength to resist the devil so he will flee. We can't just say resist the devil and he'll flee. We have to be empowered by getting into his presence. And I want to read this scripture for you. You know, sometimes when I think about deliverance, you know, I can tell you a little bit about my experience when I was going through. You know, there were quite a few people who, you know, looked upon what I was going through and saw it, you know, as a, you know, really ugly situation and like one of those things, child, I would never do that. That's beneath me, you know. But I want to tell you, I saw some people who talked about me. And then their very children ended up going through what I went through. You know, we have to be careful because let me just tell you, the devil does not play fair. So while we're looking at other people and judging them and saying all these things about what they're going through and, you know, how they won't be delivered, we have to understand that the enemy desires to either place us or somebody that we love in that situation. So now we're standing there wanting somebody to pray for them, you know, I'll give you, um, an example. I remember this particular, um, um, story where this mother, you know, she was really, I believe, trying to protect her child. And she had said that she didn't want her child, um, to be her grown child to be around me at all. And so she stopped her, you know, and this is what I said. I said, Hey, I want you to obey your mother. Reason being is because she loves you and she thinks she's doing what's right. So I'm not going to cause you to be disobedient to your mother. That's not what the Lord would want. And let me just say this. Sometimes there are consequences of the sin that we do. And what I mean by that is sometimes things will come up and they come up because of what we've done in the past. It doesn't mean that God has not forgiven us, but we have to be mindful and careful of that because I truly still believe that God will still allow us to have opportunities to minister. So when I told her that, she didn't understand why I was saying that, but I said, listen, obey your mother. So a few weeks uh, went by and one day I was at church and her mother was at the service. And that day I told my testimony for the very first time in service. And the power of God was there. And so it was at that time that she went and she released her adult child to, uh, to come to the prayer services or do whatever, and she was okay. And you know what? That was a time when God was like, this is not your battle to fight. So I just allowed it to happen. But here's really the other situation. You know, a couple of years later, this same mother, another one of um, her um, her kids became involved in homosexuality. And so she called me and this was the words that she said. She said, I'm calling you asking if you would please pray for my child because I believe you know how to pray or you understand how to pray. And I can't really tell my church because I know they're gonna talk about me and my child. Now isn't that something? So we should always remember when we're looking at other people, And they're going through. And maybe today we're not going through. We should always have compassion and mercy. And want the best for them. And want God to deliver them. Let me read this scripture. Now I love this scripture. This is coming out of the Living Bible Translation. And you got to go and read it on your own. It's 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter. And we're going to read the 12th and the 13th verse. It says, so be careful. If you are thinking, oh I would never behave like this. Let this be a warning to you, for you may fall into sin. But remember this the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you, and no temptation is irresistible. You can trust God to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it, for He has promised this and do what He says. He will show you how to escape temptation's power so that you can bear up patiently against it. Listen, that thing, that scripture right there just tells it all. It's saying right there, be careful. You know how we look at people when they're in a season of needing deliverance because it could happen to you. You know, you could fall. And so I am careful to say every day I live by God's mercy and his grace. And I ask him to help me make good decisions because I don't have the attitude and I'm not arrogant to say that nothing could happen to me again. I don't want it to happen. I want to please God. I'm not trying to set myself up to fail. But I realize that it is the grace of God that keeps me. And one of the other things that I'd like to encourage us is that if you need deliverance today, I want to tell you the first thing is so important. We must recognize that we need deliverance. We must recognize that this is an area of our life that is not good for us and it's not pleasing to God. I had a conversation probably about two years ago, and the person um, knew that I was no longer practicing uh, lesbianism. And so they asked me a question, and they said, you know what, I just don't believe that God says that there's anything wrong with that. I just believe God wants us to love. And you know what, I said to them, you know, you're right, God does want us to love, but he has boundaries. So I asked them this question. I said, have you ever really asked God? Have you ever really prayed about it? And the answer was no. And I said, for a lot of us, the only way we're going to find our answer, whether or not this is an area that we need deliverance from, is in God's presence. And one of my favorite stories is 1 Samuel in the 5th chapter. And this little story is about the children of Israel had gone... uh, you know, into idolatry. They were doing all kinds of sorts of things. And so God had allowed the Philistines to conquer them in battle. And so the children of Israel were used to, when they would go in battle, they would take the Ark of the Covenant with them, which is a presence, represents the presence of God. But because of the sin, God did not allow them to win with the Ark of the Covenant. So the Bible says that the Philistines captured it and took it back to where they lived. Now, this story is hilarious. Yes, let me tell you. God has a sense of humor. What happened was they took their God in their place of worship. They took the Ark of the Presence and put it by their God, Dagon. Okay? So, when they came back, the Bible says that Dagon was face down. (laughs) Ha! Okay. So, they took him. And they placed him back up so he'd be sitting upright. I just got a visual of this. And so they come back the next day. And the Bible says not only did he fall, but his hands are broken, the head, everything. And so they're looking like, what's going on? And what I really get from this story is that in the presence of God, there is nothing that can stand that is unlike God in his presence. Now, you know what? If I was in church right now, I'd be running. Listen, I can't run right now because i got to stay right here so that I can keep talking. But to me, that tells me that it doesn't matter how strong it is that there is a possibility that God can empower us to the point that we can conquer. And when we talk about conquering, I'm not talking about not feeling a level of temptation. Because this is the thing that we must remember thing that we've ever done that we have enjoyed the flesh has a memory like an elephant it will never forget it it will never forget how they stroked you, it will never forget how that kiss felt it will never forget how it felt to eat eight pieces of chicken, Popeye's chicken, it will never forget those moments and so for the rest of your lifetime from time to time You will feel these uh, desires, so to speak, uh, uh, just moments where your flesh desires to go back to what you have left. And you know what? If anybody out there saying that doesn't happen to me, let me tell you something. Don't believe them, child. Don't believe them. They're not telling you the truth. Right now, they're trying to be spooky spiritual. Because you know what? We got to just tell the truth. Listen, I have not had a Coke In three years but hey yesterday I must have sold I don't know maybe 15 or 16 Cokes it seemed like and some people were opening the coke at the register and oh my gosh my flesh went back to the time when I would have a two liter and I would drink one whole two liter of coke in one day now y'all know that's too much that's too much and so my flesh just started bringing up how it tastes, and I could just really feel it. And let me tell you something. I had to stop. When I got on break, I had to stop, and I had to pray. And I had to ask God to strengthen me over this moment. You know, a lot of times, deliverance is really only about a moment. That's right. It's a moment of temptation. Now, I've had some time. Some temptations maybe last two days, maybe three days. But in the midst of that, I had to do what I was doing to get delivered. I had to still do the same thing to continue to be delivered. You know, a lot of times when we're encouraging people, you know, one of the verses of scripture that we learn, you know, when we become saved is very popular. Um, it's 2 Corinthians in the 5th chapter and the 17th verse and it reads like this whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation the old way of living has disappeared a new way of living has come into existence and so when we hear that scripture we automatically think that our flesh has become new listen if i could do a drum roll right now i would do it the flesh Will never regenerate and become new. But what the Bible is really talking about is our spirit. So our soul is intertwined with our flesh. And this is why the scripture says that every man got to work out his own soul salvation. You have never heard anybody say that we got to work out the spirit. No, because once you accept Jesus Christ, the spirit becomes. The complete image of Christ. But it is to us to allow and to work and to begin to practice so that our flesh becomes disciplined to what has taken place in our spirit. So it's like you got to go and send out an email and say, hey, you know what? We're going to be doing some different things. We're not going to be doing what we was doing before. You know, you've got to actually literally make a decision because sometimes... I've seen people who've given their life to the Lord, and maybe a year or two, you look at them and you wonder, well, the only thing that has happened is right now they're living a carnal life, we call it. They're living a life out of their soul, and we know that in the soul, there are some good things, but there are a lot of bad things in the soul, okay? In the soul are those desires and and the memory banks that we have of things that we used to do that are unlike God, and those things don't want to let us go. They want to stay there. You know, the scripture talks about how when a house is cleaned and after the house is clean, that the enemy comes back to look in the house to see what's there. Well, this is what we got to do when we start talking about deliverance. We have to put something in the house. And you're saying, what do you put in the house, Camille? We've got to put prayer in that house. We've got to put uh, confession of our sins and faults in that house. We have to have some level of worship. Um... We have to have a level of of dedication. If we have a mentor, we need all those things in place. It's going to take all of that to resist what we have known that we were doing before. And um, this particular scripture is so interesting, too. This one is in Romans. This is Paul talking. And I like this because Paul just tells you the truth, you know. I have never been one To believe that if I was feeling something, it meant I wasn't delivered. Because sometimes you will feel something and the temptation may come from you, yourself on the inside. May come from a thought. And then there are sometimes when the enemy literally will send a temptation from the outside. It doesn't matter which way the temptation comes. The same formula applies. That if we have been in God's presence, he will give us strength to resist so that the enemy can flee. So this particular scripture is found in Romans the 7th chapter. And it's at the 21st verse. And I want to read it for you. It says, it seems to be a fact of life. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Oh man, I can identify that. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned But there is something else deep within me in my lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant. But instead, I find myself still enslaved to sin. So you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right. Okay, we're talking about the spirit now. But the old nature that is still inside me loves the sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it has been done. By Jesus Christ our Lord, he has set me free. Hey, that's why it was so important for Jesus to go to the cross and die for our sins. It was so important that his body was beaten and he went through the scourging that he did so that the blood that was shed, that was pure blood, it was so that we would have the power to process ourselves through The things that we need to do as we become more disciplined to resist. Now, am I saying you're going to be perfect? Am I saying I'm perfect? Absolutely not. The Bible already tells us that if we sin, that there is grace. And the Bible says every day there are new mercies. So we can go to the throne of grace. We can say to God, I missed it. You know, help me to do it better. And I'm so glad we have that opportunity. But what I'm talking about now is living a life where we get to the point where we feel as though we have been empowered to make good decisions. You guys, one of my favorite sins, and I probably say it all the time, you probably heard it a hundred times, but let's go for another hundred and one times. When I'm on a diet, I'm still hungry. But that doesn't mean that I'm not on a diet. Right? So you know what? This is the same way when we talk about deliverance. Yes, there are some things that when we come to Christ that no longer, we don't feel them anymore. And and there's no level of temptation. And that's wonderful. But there are going to be some things that don't want to let go. They want to hold on. So, but I need for you to understand that doesn't mean that you're not delivered. It doesn't mean that you have not accepted Christ as your savior. It doesn't mean that you have not taken the time to dedicate your life to living a different way. So I just wanted to just let you guys really know that deliverance, again, is broad, but it is possible. It is very possible. So I want you to be encouraged. And continue to live your life. Continue to practice being holy. You know what? It takes practice. I used to wonder why they'd call a doctor, you know, and they said, it's his practice. You know why they say that? Because he's practicing. You Ever been to the doctor and they gave you uh, a prescription for something and the prescription didn't work? So you had to call a doctor again. And what did he do? He gave you another prescription. Why? Because he's practicing. In other words, he may not always know what's going to work best for your body, but he's going to keep on trying until he comes up with something that's going to work good for your body. So so it is when it comes to salvation. The Bible says we go from glory to glory to glory. Okay, I'm making it simple. We're practicing. That's what we're doing. And when we don't get it right, we go boldly to the throne of grace and receive his forgiveness And we get back up and we keep on moving, just like we do on the diet. When we fall on the diet, what do we do? We start again on Monday. All right, so I just want to help you. So if you have fallen and you're thinking, you know what, I've fallen too many times, I want you to tell you to get back up and let's keep trying. Let's keep trying because I promise you if you will continue to stay in God's presence and continue to press, eventually you're going to have the power to say no to that thing that's been conquering you. God bless you.